In today's episode, we're taking a look at fantasy basketball sleepers, a few players you can target uh, in your drafts. Let's do this. G'day guys, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Clutch Time Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. I'm your host Adam King, you can find me over on Twitter at AdamKing91 and you can check out all of our content over at the website www.fbibasketball.com. Uh, today, as I said, I'm I'm just going to look at a few sleepers, um, something I put together pretty quickly, actually, just because I finished work early today. Uh, so seems to be flavour of the month, um, people talking about sleepers. So I think there's a few names in here that maybe haven't been covered on uh, other sites and other podcasts, um, and, a, and a few double-ups, obviously. Anyone who's, who's across fantasy basketball at the moment is targeting similar players, uh, but I just thought I'd drop a few names in here, so it will be uh, a quick one. So let's bring up my fantastic graphics here. Uh, right. So the first guy I've got on the list uh, is Terry Rozier. So obviously we're not going too high here when we look at sleepers. Um, first round, second round, third round even. Uh, most of those guys are who they are. I think once you get into the fourth, fifth round and beyond, uh, you can start targeting a few players who could potentially have one to two rounds of value in them. Uh, and I think Rozier probably fits that category, uh, at least to some degree. So if we look at his numbers from last year, uh, he finished as the 29th ranked player uh, in 33 minutes, nearly 34 minutes a game. Um, and a little bit, I guess a surprise in terms of his uh, of his rank, but when you actually look at his production, it, it's not that unsustainable, I don't think. So 19.3 points, three three-pointers, uh, four and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, 1.3 steals, 44, 44.5% from the floor, uh, 85% from the line. So nothing there is uh, wildly unsustainable. And if we look at their team now, they've actually, well, I mean, we don't know for sure, but they could potentially not have Miles Bridges this season. So I don't I don't see any reason why Rosie would take a step back. Uh, and he finished, as I said, at 29th ranked player. So I think if you can get him at pick 50, um, that probably is really his floor uh, and maybe even below his floor. I think there's, there's probably scope for, uh, at minimum, for he to be sort of the 40th ranked player. Um, upwards of of being uh, a third round guy, so sort of thirty five, something like that. So, not a ton of value here, but but I just think he's fairly safe while still having upside, uh, and tends to be du- reasonably durable. Um, he he has missed time in the past, but if we look at his his past five seasons, uh, seventy three games last season. 69 the year before, but that was the shortened season, uh, which was 72 games from memory. 63 the season before that, 79 and 80. So generally he's pretty uh, durable, which as we know is an unofficial category when it comes to fantasy. So uh, looking at the next guy here, I've got Miles Turner. 
now he's someone obviously that people are a little bit hesitant on just because of the uncertainty with exactly where he's going to be and what his role is going to be. Um, at the moment, I mean, we're assuming that he, he's on the Indiana side um, and will be the starting centre. And, yeah, look, I mean, he's probably not a guy that's going to crack more than about 30 minutes a night for a number of reasons, but we've seen in the past that, that that's more than enough um, for him to, to have top 20 value, top 30 value. Uh, last season, he was a 25th ranked player. He did only play in about half the games last season, um, but averaged 13 points, seven rebounds, 2.8 blocks, uh, 51% from the field and 75% from the line. So you're not looking at him as a guy that needs the ball in his hands a lot. Um, his points could go up fractionally, I think, this season, uh, assuming, again, he's with Indiana. Um, the blocks are obviously where the, the fluctuation can come with someone like Turner. If his blocks fall to about 2.2, 2.3, that he takes a pretty big hit. But I think at 67, he's a bargain there. Um, I think even if he moves teams and he's still starting, then I, th I would say sort of top 40 is his floor, maybe top 50, um, just because of the blocks alone. So no matter where he is, he's going to be blocking shots. Uh, he, he'll get you some threes. Uh, he's decent from the free throw line. So at 67, I, I love him here. Um, I, I'd be more than happy to take him around earlier than this uh, if need be. But if you can get him at this range, then um, then congratulations. Uh, the next guy, John Collins. Yeah, look, coming off a season that was pretty disappointing, I guess, in terms of production and and his health. But all things considered, he finished uh, as a top 50 player last season playing 31 minutes, uh, averaging 16.2 points, 7.8 rebounds, only a block uh, and 1.23s. So, I mean, we'd like to see his blocks come up a little bit here. It, it, it's probably not going to happen, at least not to the point where he can get back to the 1.6 uh, blocks that he had during the 19-20 season, just because Clint Capella's there now. Um Onyeko Kongwu is there coming through and, and obviously he's uh, developing really nicely as that backup centre and, and potentially the starting centre. So Collins isn't isn't going to get his blocks up to 1.6, but I think if he can hover around 1, 1.1, uh, 1 .1, he should be able to basically do at least what he did last season. And as I said, he was a top, uh, top 50 player. So by getting him at 75, straight away there's two rounds of value. Uh, and... I'm not really too concerned with the addition of DeJounte Murray. I don't think that impacts him too much. Uh, so, yeah, look, John Collins at 75, I think, is is a really nice pick. Uh, Mikhail Bridges at, at 78. Not a lot really needs to be said when it comes to uh, Bridges. So last season, uh, 55th ranked player, and that was after a pretty slow start to the season. So, again, much like Collins, I don't really see his role changing at all. Uh, in terms of durability, he's probably the most durable player in the NBA. Hasn't missed a game ever. So, I mean, let's not count on that. But I think you can probably uh, pencil him in to play 75, 76 games. Um, he'll get you his 15 points, uh, four rebounds, two to three assists. Um, a steal, there is scope for his steals to come up a little bit. Uh, he was at 1.1 last season. Uh, same as the season before that, 
Prior to that, he was closer to one and a half. So there is some scope there uh, for his steals to come up a little bit. And yeah, as I said, 55th ranked player last season. So much like Collins, again, if you're getting him at 78 straight away, there's two rounds of value there. Uh, He's not the most exciting player, uh, but uh, as I said, very durable uh, and doesn't really hurt you anywhere. So uh, a really nice target there around pick 80. Uh, The next guy, very different situation to the last two. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. coming off a season ruined by injury. Um, I have to say I bought into the hype a little bit last season and drafted him second, third round, I think, uh, which obviously backfired. But we didn't really see the back injury coming. Uh, he He was really inefficient to open the season as well. Whether that was to do with the back injury, I don't know. There were a number of players that struggled uh, shooting the ball to open up. So uh, could have been the new ball that they were using, um, but without spending too much time on that, looking ahead to this season, he is supposedly healthy. So he's going to start the season. Uh, He should be starting. I've mentioned on a few podcasts that um, not having Will Barton there, I think is a real positive uh, for Michael Porter Jr. I I think there was some tension there on the court uh, and, and, Porter probably wasn't used um, as well as he could have been. So, yeah, look, there's obviously hesitation here with injury and missed games. But once you're in this sort of range, um, around pick 70, 80, uh, it's time to search for a bit of upside. So I think he could pretty comfortably be a top 50 player uh, if if he stays healthy, Um, but minimum top 60. So... I think getting him here, there's sort of a round and a half to two rounds of value. And, I mean, we saw what he can do during the 2021 season when he was the 27th ranked player. So he does have that uh, the potential to be a second, third round player. Um, we wouldn't count on that, but I think taking him here at 79 uh, is a no-brainer. So moving on to Franz Wagner. Uh, Wagner's ADP is 84 currently. So I am using Fantrax ADPs uh, for these and and they're obviously still in flux a little bit with uh, a lot of public leagues happening and and people doing some stupid things in those drafts. But uh, we've done, I mean, we've obviously done 50 or 60 something draft only leagues. So so our drafts are um, steering the market a little bit. So these are pretty reflective of what's actually happening. And and Wagner's going at 84. Last season, he was the 105th ranked player in 31 minutes, yeah, 30 and a half, 31 minutes. Um, and again, like, a little bit like Rozier, nothing that he did was really unsustainable. There was nothing that sort of jumps out at you and says, well, this, this is an outlier. It's not going to happen again. So last season, he was at about 15 points, four and a half rebounds, uh, three assists, a steal, a three-pointer, 47% and 86%. So, look, I think there's scope there given just that he's moving now into his second season. He's a little bit more comfortable in his role. I think his playing time could go up slightly, which would just mean everything basically lifts across the board. Um, he's not going to be shooting the ball uh, so, sort of so much more that it's going to impact his field goal percentage. Um, so I, I think even though his his shots could go up, it shouldn't impact his efficiency at all. So, yeah, look, I think 105th last season, if you just bump everything up slightly across the board, 
he he easily comes in to sort of be a top 70, maybe top 65 player. Uh, so again, here at 84, you're looking at a, a one to two rounds of value, which which I think is nice uh, this time of the draft. Next guy is a favourite of mine this season, uh, Devin Vassell. Uh, last season, it, it was interesting. He was he was hyped up for much of the season, but uh, I, I think people sort of got on him, including myself, a little bit early and then potentially dropped him when he didn't step into the role that we were hoping for. Uh, but he ended the season really well. Uh, he was a, the 66th ranked player over the last month uh, in 31 minutes a game. So I think his minutes go up again to about 33 or 34. Uh, he's not going to score. So Keldon Johnson's obviously been a popular target as well, given his increase in role uh, or assumed increase. But he, he's more reliant on, on the points and the rebounds, whereas Vassell, I think, offers a little bit more across the board. So he's not going to get you sort of 22 points a game, more like around 17 or 18. But he could nudge one and a half steals, um, three assists, three and a half assists, maybe, uh, and and should be at about two and a half to even three threes a game. So I really like Vassell this season. Uh, 84 is is way too low. But look, if you're in a draft with people that don't do a ton of research, then he's not a name that they're going to be targeting. So if you can get him at 84, uh, I think there's potentially three to four rounds of value in him. I think he could be could be top 40, I think, would be his ceiling, um, but pretty safely top 60 for him. Uh, next guy, another guy that was hyped up last season and, and really disappointed, um, PJ Washington, again, started really slow, uh, was dropped in a lot of leagues. Uh, I think I may have dropped him, I can't remember, but I, I do remember him being dropped and, and people questioning what his role was already his role was going to be looking forward. He did have some injuries as well, which hampered, I, I think, his uh, productivity. But I think this season, again, with no bridges, uh, he could potentially start at the four. He'll spend time at the centre. So it, all things said last season, which which I think we would view as a down season or a disappointing season, he was the 101st ranked player. So... Um, his ADP here of 93 would have him around what he did last season. And that was in 27 minutes a game. So I think that bumps up to 32, 33. Uh, he's going to get you 13, 14 points. Doesn't get a lot of rebounds. So he, he's not going to sort of get you your eight or nine rebounds, but uh, enough to not be a drag on, on your rebounding category. Uh, but it, it's it's just his ability to chip in on the defensive end. He should be close to a steal and a block and two threes um, while maintaining pretty good efficiency from the field and, and decent from the line. So, uh, yeah, look, I think at, at 93 here, uh, there's potential for him to, to be a top 70 player this season. Um, if everything goes to plan and we get word that Miles Bridges isn't going to play, of course, we don't have official word on that yet. Uh, so now sort of getting down into those lower rounds, um, this was a tricky one, uh, Pat Beverly. So I picked him up in a few leagues last year and was pleasantly surprised when he was on the court. And that's going to be the concern here is how many games can he play? He only played 58 last season, 37 the season before, 51, 78 and 11. So 
outside of that 2018-19 season where he played uh, 78 games, he he generally does miss. Um, you're looking at sort of at least 20 games. So you'd probably pencil him in for around 60 this season, maybe 65. Um, whether Westbrook plays, I think, has an impact here as well. But I think we've seen with with Beverly, he's one of those guys that doesn't need the ball in his hands, even though he will be potentially starting at point guard or spending time at the point guard spot. He's not your prototypical point guard. You've got LeBron there who's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, Westbrook, if he's there, and even Anthony Davis facilitates the offense a little bit. So where uh, where Beverly's value comes is uh, his ability to get rebounds from the guard position. So four to five rebounds a game, um, a steal, 1.2 steals, and a block. That block is really valuable from, from that guard spot. Uh, he's not uber efficient, but he, he'll get you sort of 1.5 threes a game. Um, so it's it's those peripheral uh, areas where his value comes from. And I think if you can get him at 123 here, we saw last season he can he can be a top 100 player when he's on the floor without, in limited minutes. Um, I think they're, they're not going to push him given his age to a point where he's playing over 30 minutes a game, but, but I think sort of 26, 27 is probably a reasonable expectation, slightly up on what he played last year. So so I like Beverly here as a late-round target. And the last guy I've got is uh, Cam Johnson. And this was a simple one for me because, I mean, if you look at last season, he was the 93rd-ranked player in 26 minutes a game off the bench. This season, he, he may not start. There have been rumours that he could start. Um, and maybe it's that that he comes off the bench to start the season and and sort of shifts into the starting role at some point. But no matter where he's starting the game, I think he's probably going to be closer to 30 minutes. And he was the 93rd ranked player in 26 minutes. So that alone, bump him up to 30 minutes. His scoring is going to go up um, half a rebound more. He'll nudge a steal. He he won't he won't always get you a steal, but but he'll be close to a steal a game. Uh, he doesn't drag down your field goal percentage too much. Um, good from the free throw line. He'll get you maybe three threes a game. So I re- I love Cam Johnson here as a last pick or, or second last pick if you can get him. Uh, I, I think around here, he's he's comfortably, I think, a top 100 player this season, um, even if he's coming off the bench. And, and I think if he can, if Crowder gets injured or they just decide to move away from Crowder, if uh, Johnson can step into 32 minutes a game, he could he could sort of nudge the top 60, top 70. Um, so really nice pick here uh, at the end. And that's that's pretty much it. Kept that to 20 minutes. That's that's uh, nice. I am possibly going to do a um, a mailbag show on the weekend uh, if I can find some time. Um, I'm solo parenting this weekend, so it will just depend uh, what we've got on. Um, uh, but if, if we do, I'll, I'll drop something in our Discord uh, server and over on Twitter, probably. Uh, but that will do it uh, for today's show. Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, remember, you can check out all of our content uh, over at www.fbibasketball.com um, and access to the Discord server is available from the website as well. You can follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and we would love it if you could give this a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're slowly building a following, um, which is good. We only launched a week or so ago, so um, really nice to see people coming on board. 
Until next time, catch you later. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.